This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast on Ant-Man. So much for small talk. The big idea somehow snuck in. When we weren't looking, scared away. The lighthearted laughter of our innocence 
And it was replaced by a poker face need to draw Welcome to an iFanboy special edition podcast on the movie Ant-Man. I'm Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Mike Romo. Hey, hey. And uh, we are from the website iFanboy.com, which usually is talking about comic books on a weekly basis. But every now and then, comic books cross over into another medium like movies. It happens quite a bit, actually. <laughs> Every so often. Every so often. And so then we come here to talk about that movie to help you uh, vent or agree with or whatever your opinion of the movie is. We're here for you. That's why we do it. It's a service. We love you. Uh, yell at us while you're driving. No, that's wrong. Exactly. As mentioned, uh, Ant-Man is the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, this was the movie that uh, – this is the movie that well, stars Paul Rudd um, with – a little bit of controversy in that it was originally developed by Edgar Wright, who then uh, unceremoniously walked away from it. Um, well, this was actually one of the first movies that was developed. This was yeah. this has been developed for like ten years. They've been yeah. doing this one before. I think before even Iron Man was in yeah. development. So yeah, so Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish uh, started developing this back in uh, 06, I think, or so, yeah. and uh, and then for you know for uh, difficulties or issues with uh, Marvel Studios, uh, Edgar Wright walked away. Peyton Reed picked up the uh, picked up the gauntlet and, and directed it, uh, and it stars Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, Bobby Cannavale, uh, Michael Pena. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so it just came out. We all saw it. So. Well, what's interesting, before we get into what we thought of it, was that, you know, the joke on the show every week has been, I guess we're going to go see Ant-Man. Yeah. There, yeah. There, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement. I wasn't, I, I love all these Marvel movies, and I wasn't super excited for this one. When I was walking to the theater, I was like, okay, how am I just going to not roll my eyes for two hours? And even, I, I was not interested in seeing this movie at all. I had no no interest well, and, 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 and that was and that was really the question I mean it was funny because I know last summer when Guardians was coming out yep. we are all going oh Guardians of the Galaxy that's going to be the flop and whatever and right. it turned into this enormous you know like uh, enormous hit and enormous you know uh, phenomenon and so now all eyes moved to Ant-Man like okay well Ant-Man um, and you know I was really curious because like here's the thing on paper you know, like I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, um, you know, it takes place in San Francisco. I live in San Francisco. Like on paper, there's a lot of things I can go with it, but it is it is kind of curious as how does it fit in and how is it going to um, apply in with the tone, especially with the work that Edgar Wright was doing, who has a different aesthetic than what the Marvel directors have been doing. Um, and so, okay, before we get any further, just want to, it's a spoiler, yeah. you know, spoiler warning. We're going to talk about the events of the movies, minute. A lot de- to spoil, too. Minute details. Yeah. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, press pause. <laughs> Oh, 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 you tiny, tiny details. Um, I just realized Connor, I, for, I forgot the spoiler warning in our That's last. Okay. You're uh, still getting episode. back into it. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, we'll get emails about that. Okay, so um, so Mike, you went in begrudgingly. Connor, you weren't very excited. I was mildly excited. So coming out of it, how did you feel, Mike? I was amazed how much I laughed throughout the film. I, I left uh, actually in a much better mood than I anticipated. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I kept I I was really thrilled to see everybody around me like really laughing with really good uh, guffaws. I mean, there were some really good moments here, and even from the story point of view, I really enjoyed how this is a smaller movie. I mean, there were sort of world-changing repercussions that could have happened, but I, I like that this wasn't sort of an end of the world type thing. This is much more of a localized movie. It wasn't I wouldn't say street level like a Daredevil, but I uh, I I was. Really, kind of uh, thrilled just how much I enjoyed it, Connor. I sim- similar to Mike. Uh, I thought it was really funny. 
really enjoyable. I think there's some problems, and we'll get into into those uh, in a bit. But I think what Mike said is the most important thing is that it, this was a very and there's gonna be so many fucking puns. And so many, this was a very small movie in terms of this was basically a, a heist film. You know, the it's it's totally. Ant Man versus Yellow Jacket uh, for a piece of technology that he's trying to steal and. Uh, like there's there's like Mike said there's repercussions for the world if the technology gets out but at the end of the day it's just a heist film and they're not fighting a god they're not fighting an alien invasion they're not you know it's it's just it's just Ant-Man trying to to steal something and I thought that was really smart to vary the genre it's a superhero movie but it's not a superhero movie it's a, it's a heist film mostly yeah i mean i i agree i i, I definitely agree there i mean so so to answer the original question yeah. i wa- i walked out of it i enjoyed it i liked it um i thought it was enjoyable i don't think it was like i walked out going well that's not going to be a guardian success right um you know like and we got to stop looking at these movies um and expecting it to be the, the highest grossing movie of all you time you can't do that it's not yeah, gonna, yeah. It's a diminishing returns and, the, guardian success, the, the guardian success just is out of the blue anyway still yeah, for me yeah. honestly i but. can't explain that still yeah. But yeah, but um, but there are a lot of a lot of bits about this movie that like I, I liked it, but I I I, I it's well, it's just funny because all right, well, let's get into what we didn't like first. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's go, going to what you were saying about the the tone of it being a heist movie. Yes, it was a heist movie, and and the whole idea is that Paul Rudd's a burglar, and you get all the sense and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's kind of just Iron Man again. Yeah. Because you know, like, I, like it was, it was almost, you know, like the exact same f- third act as Iron Man. Yeah, well, and uh, I find a suit, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, uh, like there's a suit, and then there's, and then there's a business partner who betrays him. Learn how to use the suit. Yeah, part. and then, and yeah, I mean, it's Jeff Bridges, Iron Monger, bald guy, yellow jacket. Yeah, well, there you go. I didn't even think of that, yeah. but it's pretty. Similar. And end the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, for me, it. It's the least skillfully directed of all the f- films I've seen from Marvel. Um, there's not a lot of flair. It's a very—I don't want to say it's workmanlike, but it, it gets the job done. And there's right. some good bits in it for sure. We'll talk about those when we get to the parts that we like. Yeah. But for a character like Ant-Man, whose world's constantly changing, he goes through—you know—there's a lot of visual stuff to play with there that really doesn't get oh. played with. And so that's where you really feel the loss of Edgar Wright, is you feel like. Yeah. That's right. That movie would have been really visually interesting more than well, this well, one was. Well, we, we, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what, really, what frustrated me about the movie and being an Edgar Wright fan is that you see the glimmers of what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, like, like the the, I mean, because the sto- the initial story and screenplay like was written by him and Joe Cornish, and then and then actually Adam McKay and Paul Rudd went in and and did a polish to 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 do what they eventually shot, and of course it's not directed by Edgar Wright, but like the scenes where Paul Rudd's friend is recounting what happened, those were the most interesting. Yeah, and, those, and those, that, that's totally that's an super Ed- funny. You're right, and it was totally an Edgar Wright thing. I mean, yeah. like I totally could. I mean, it, it reminded yeah. me of Spaced. You know, like or uh, uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, like it was so. So every now and then you saw, you saw glimmering moments of what could have right. been with Edgar Wright, and then the, when that wasn't happening, what I saw was a very safe by the numbers movie. Right. Yeah. That's the most disappointing thing I think for me is that, you know, you can go really, really strange with with the visuals of Ant Man. I mean, when he gets tiny, the world gets gigantic, and you can really yeah. play with that. And 
and it, it just it didn't happen. And that, that's fine. It's honey, it's just, it was Honey, I Shrunk a Superhero movie. Right. Well, and what was interesting is like, and Andy Eggerreich did the same kind of uh, story retelling in Scott Pilgrim to yeah. great effect too, right? Um, that that probably was the funniest part to me, which had nothing to do with the superhero story at all, uh, which might be a problem. Well, Michael Pena stole stole, he stole every the scene. Show. He stole, was stole, in. Stole. Yeah. The uh, Connor and I ended up accidentally seeing it in 3D, yeah. and I was uh, surprised how total lost opportunity, right? We're talking about we could have seen seas of different ants and all that, but also when he goes into the subatomic level, that movie should have opened up. And yeah. visually, the film, I, I agree, it was pretty workmanlike. The one, I, I, I was, I didn't want to see it in 3D, but I, I thought, wow, this could be kind of cool once I saw what they were doing with the story and was disappointed that they just didn't take advantage of the format at all, so I wonder why they did it. But I did, one thing that really stuck with me is that when he, when Paul Rudd ran like Ant-Man, it totally reminded me of the comic for some reason. And I had no idea that I had such an emotional reaction to uh, that little guy running with a big helmet. It was really funny how he ran. But visually, I just thought it was it was fine. There was some good flair, like the uh, the Thomas the Train engine yes, landing on top of the cop fun. car. Was the, was the visual that every time it showed on the screen, the audience started laughing. Yeah. So there was, there was a, stylistically... Um, it, it might have not been that impressive, but the shots themselves, there were some that really stuck out really well and, and some nice. Uh, I thought it was pretty well edited. Um, but yeah, visually, it didn't do much. The editing was good. The, the cuts were good. The cuts were good. <laughs> well, I think what, what saves the film, and I don't think the, the directing. Speaking of Avengers, is, yeah. I don't think the directing hurts no, the film. It, it, but, what, but what saves the film is the cast. The cast really elevates it beyond what the, uh, yeah. the filmmakers yeah. did. Uh, and that's probably the strongest part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, so that kind of leads into. I mean, I think that kind of leads into what was good about it. Um, at, at least for me, I mean, like I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan as well, um, and I enjoy. I thought his performance was great, but he was just being Paul Rudd. I thought. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, like so, so, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, similar to you know how we we kind of laughed at when Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man, and we're like, well, he's just being Robert Downey Jr. Right. You know, but I think I think this almost works better because. I had no preconceived notions about who Scott Lang is. Like Scott Lang, from a mo- from a character standpoint, to me was just a blank slate. Right. Yeah. Um, and I thought Paul Rudd really stepped in and really kind of owned it and and gave it gave it the 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 stakes and the heaviness that you needed, you know, with his daughter and coming out of prison and all that sort of stuff. But then injected the humor and the Paul Rudd esque humor, the wet hot American summer esque, you know, kind of you know. Totally. <laughs> right. Um, well, so what, what, I, I thought he was great. What's, what they need to do now, now they've got. All these movies and all these characters, they have to start introducing different kinds of characters. And so Scott Lang, who we all know, or if, if you don't pay attention, you'll now know, that is in the, the Civil War movie. It's going to be interesting to see that guy who's not a superhero, who's not really super brave even until the, until the very end, uh, thrust into the Avengers action. Yeah, you know right. What's he going to be like with Captain America? That's going to be an interesting scene. And that same way I'm excited for... A super young Spider-Man to throw a kid into the mix will also change right. the dynamic up. So that's why, going forward, they really have to, I think, vary these characters so that you've got these interesting dynamics in the groups and their settings. Yeah. What do you guys think of the whole? It was like it was its own movie, but it definitely tried to say, "Look, I'm still part of the cinematic universe. I'm still, I, you know, there was the Avengers reference. There was that funny laugh line. Well, the first thing we should do is just call the Avengers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a pretty good line. But uh, I thought it was really interesting the whole, you know, Falcon. Yeah. has this sort of interesting cameo. It's it's like they called him in. Can you 
hang out with us for an afternoon. No, but we that just was have to do that this. was. I thought that was great because that it was. This, this is okay. So it was. What was funny was that what what I was thinking about that during that scene was that the f- like they talk about Marvel and the phases and all that bullshit and stuff like that. But if you ask me, like, fa- like the 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 first batch of all the movies Iron Man Thor all the stuff was all them doing in their own little world yeah and then the Avengers movies brought them together to interact but now we're getting basically what we want which was the shared universe but in the movies right. where everyday yeah, yeah the everyday universe yeah, yeah because like the whole thing like we talked about like when Thor two came out like when you know London's getting destroyed or England's getting destroyed like why didn't he just call the Avengers like why didn't you know like and and like well right. it's not his own movie but this like it's in a world where the Avengers exists and he is going to go steal something from an old Stark base which oh that's the Avengers base and of course he's going to run into an Avenger and like I thought that was a good way to now expand what they built and see the characters interact and crisscross I thought I thought it was great I thought it was awesome yeah I thought there might have been a few more guards so. yeah yeah <laughs> just, I mean, once Falcon is like actually fighting some dude you think there'd just be yeah. Maybe somebody. So yeah. but I enjoyed it. The, I thought that fight sequence was really actually quite well done. And it was funny. I mean, like it was, it was, it was like it had that Marvel sense of humor, but right. it was a fight scene. But it was like interesting and in, in the, the use of the powers and all. I, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was. I yeah. thought that was a high point of the movie. So, quick step back, just in case people do listen to these shows without seeing the movies. It's strange as oh, it God. sounds. Uh, so the the quick uh, story elements or the plot is that uh, Doctor Hank Pym, who was a secret superhero in the 1980s, he was Ant Man in the 80s. Uh, developed the pin particle and shield wanted it for their soldiers but he wouldn't give it to them so he went into retirement and uh took developed the, his, his company and flashback to the future his daughter is running the company with uh darren cross who's, who will become yellow jacket and his pin's been pushed out into retirement uh but he sees that darren cross is developing this t- yellow jacket technology which is a knockoff of the ant-man technology and uh, he gets scott lang who is a newly released con to uh, he orchestrates a Paul, uh, Scott Lang going to steal that technology as Ant Man, and so this is basically Ant Man going in to steal the Yellow Jacket technology, running into Yellow Jacket and having a big, big old brawl. And then there's, uh, I really liked a the flashback to Ant Man and Wasp uh, in action really quickly. And One then, of the best sequences. I love that yep. part. And then the what was really great is that um, a we're going to get a Wasp going forward, but b they've set up that. Janet Van Dyne, uh, so eventually Luke plays Hope Van Dyne, the daughter of Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. Uh, Janet can come back, and she'll still be young because she she gets sucked into the sub the subatomic universe or whatever it was called, where time doesn't uh, have any effect. So she, I mean, they're clearly setting up that she's going to come back uh, and be young again, still be young. So that'll be an interesting thing that'll happen if mm-hmm. they ever make another Ant Man movie. <laughs> Well, no, and and, and like, we'll and see. I think, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll see how this one, um, this one performs to see if they do that. But they definitely laid the groundwork for for that sort of thing, and it's a character that I, I would revisit. I would see this sort of adventure again. Part, you know? part of me would love it if it was an Ant Man and Wasp movie, right? Like, right. for the, yeah. for I seeing those two work together, and I, I think. Evangeline Lilly could really, really pull it off, even with that haircut. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was too severe. I know it's the right haircut. I just thought it was too severe on screen. But I, maybe this is a great way to have a, a real team-up movie and have that relationship yeah, dynamic. Yeah, I think that's a great sequel you just, idea. Yeah, you just, you just haven't seen that really work before. Yeah. Um, and I thought she would be terrific in it. And, and seeing them work together as a superhero team and then be a couple, that could be really, really fun. Well, let me mention one more quick thing that I didn't like, and that has to do with the flashback in the very beginning, so we see uh, 
we see a young uh, Michael Douglas meeting with Shield and its old um, Agent oh. Car- Peggy Carter. I thought the effects in Young Michael Douglas were, were pretty strong, even though you could see a little bit where they were computer uh, manipulating. Yeah, it still pretty looked pretty well good. Yeah. I listen. I love <laughs> John Slattery. Yes. I love John Slattery. And he, he played Howard Stark in Iron Man 2, the film we all just agreed as a group to forget ever existed. What are you talking about? And so we, we've already seen a lot of Howard Stark in Captain America and in Agents of Shield, yep. and in um, Agent Carter. Yep. And we, Dominic Cooper's done a great job making that character his own. And to age up Haley Atwell with makeup to make her old Peggy Carter, but and then not, not use Dominic Cooper and instead bring back John Slattery threw me completely for a loop. Oh, um, I was fine with it. In fact, in fact, so much so that opening scene, I was like, I want to see this movie. <laughs> Listen, I love John Slattery. I just feel I like love he, John Slattery, I feel like the character's you know. been has been taken over by Dominic Cooper and they should have just aged him up and I don't, you know, it just threw it took it took me out of that scene cuz uh, you have the other actors there playing their characters from before but yeah, not right. him. And so that just was weird. Yeah, did we, like did we know that? Did we? I mean, did we know that the scene was in the movie? I mean, like, had no, we heard I didn't, that? I didn't or? know that. I didn't know it. Yeah. No. And it, it, actually, I, when Haley Atwell started speaking, there was actually I heard audible. Gasps there, was like, there was gasps in the audience. Yeah. 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 There was a few of those. To... There was a few of those. We'll get to one in the, that happened in the uh, in the post credit sequence. I'm pretty sure it was an orgasm that happened in the theater. Yeah, that was really interesting. <laughs> we'll get to that when we talk about the post. Then I smelled cigarette smoke, and it was weird. And very relaxed. Um, but uh, I, I, let's talk a little bit, I guess, about the casting. Um, I think the real breakout here is Michael Pena, um, yeah. who really was this wonderful sort of humorous and emotional anchor throughout the film. And the 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 trope that they did use twice when he's retelling this story about you know that setting up whatever the the situation was was really funny with him at a wine tasting or at the art gallery, but little small things like that, which probably was the red polish. Um, yeah. That just I I thought it really opened up the story a bit it, w- it wasn't just so one note it really added this sort of other sort of off kilter sense of humor to it and uh i whenever he was on the screen you couldn't help but laugh so i thought i really appreciated that casting yeah i thought i, I thought yeah i thought my, like we said michael pena kind of stole the uh stole the show but i thought i think the supporting cast was was really strong. I mean, like the entire, you know, not not just Michael Pena, but the other two guys, like the driver and then the totally. the, the the hacker, like the, the team. You know, like yeah. I love. It's funny after watching, you know, now several years of Arrow and mm-hmm. and sure. Flash, like it, it's no longer just the hero, but now the hero's got a team. Yeah. You gotta have a team. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have a crowded department. Yeah, which is yeah. <laughs> and I love actually Bobby Cannavale as with his buddy as sort of the bumbling Keystone cops following them around. He actually actually he did really well making that character more than just the one note that it could have easily been on the page right yeah. um you get a real sense that he cared for the daughter but respected the the relationship that paul rudd had with the daughter and and just how tricky that was also being a cop so i thought he had actually a pretty complex uh role to do and he got in, to be a little bit heroic scenes. at the end too he yeah. got to and a good guy legitimately good guy yeah yeah, yeah. He could have uh, very easily been the, the jerky, you know, stepfather, but he was not, which makes yeah. it more interesting. I, I just, there was a great dynamics. I thought Michael Douglas did well, you know, in the gravitas role of bringing in the established Hollywood actor to lend credence to the to the Marvel movie. But 
you know, he he doesn't do a lot because he's he's well, but, old but Hank what him. he what he did what what he did was I thought was super nuanced was that so we know as comic fans we know who Hank Pym is right. sure. and we know about Hank Pym's history and we all know about the 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 wasp wife beating and all the stuff like that. So we know that. Never mention it. Never bring it up. Never refer to it in the in in the movie. Yet gives us hints of this unsuppressed anger yeah. that Hank Pym has, and well, also so, the fact that the using the suit uh, sort of sort of unhinged him. Yeah, that ha- yeah. had mental it had mental consequences to being Ant Man. Right. Well, when the, when when they had that meeting, uh, the flashback in the yeah. seven, I thought that when he says, "You know what happened to your wife or whatever." Yes. I you thought that was a reference to that, right? Which, so I thought that was a definite. And, but the, and the thing was, may, maybe it was. Maybe you it know? was. Yeah. No, no. He said, he said you couldn't save Janet. That's clearly a reference to her dying. Yeah. Well, but dying. but the thing is, for us as comic fans, right. we read that as it meant to be read. It doesn't say it. It doesn't try to introduce it to somebody who doesn't have any clue. Right. But, but it, it gave us something. It gives us that context. And I thought, but I thought the 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 anger side of of Michael Douglas was really was was a nuanced performance by him, and that was very good. So. And you saw you saw it a little bit when he gets mad at at Lily. <laughs> Yeah. Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and 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 any time, you know, like when he when he punches Darren uh, Cross in the in the thing, you know, like it's like he, you know, he's got he's got this anger side to him that you know is bubbling under the surface. So, did you, did you guys oh, know that the tank would large as soon as you saw it? No. As soon as I saw it, and then we saw it again. I was like, oh, that tank is a real tank. Uh, when no, he the scene right before, like he he flashed to it when he w- w- entered the building. I'm like that's got to be something. When he when because yeah. he, he dropped it trick. into the thing, yeah. It was, it was, now that you say it now, but I, I didn't the see it. well they done here also trick. with so so he's got these discs, the red shrinks Ant Man using the, the technology, and the blue enlarges him, and uh, so now I think they can set up him also being Giant Man because yeah. he could use oh, the totally. blue discs as a regular guy and get bigger. Um, yeah. So there's a lot there's a lot of groundwork being laid here. I hope it does well enough to do more because I do like these characters. I like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. I like Michael Douglas. I'd like to see a Ant-Man wasp team-up movie. I'd like to see Janet's story explored. I'd like to see all those things. So I hope that this is successful enough that we get to I, see those things. I, like I said, I would gladly see the Ant-Man 80s movie. Right. With with Haley with Haley Campbell as an older agent car like like that just I mean and and Haley John Slyer, like yeah. all of them Michael Douglas like just do it. Just do but, it. But but it's a good movie. Like I could see like dads taking their kids to this movie. Like it's yes. a, there's a lot to this is a nice Saturday afternoon movie and I think the real problem is it has been marketed really really badly. Right. Um and there's no sense of this teamwork this uh this team behind Atman, there's right. no, there's none of the humor comes out. Um, you really just have sort of these sort of tropes of you know the bad guy speaking bad things to the good guy type stuff and and fighting. Yeah. And I think they're missing a real opportunity. So this is sort of a celebration of what makes Marvel really fun is a community of characters working together to achieve something. And there's a and by the way, you'll laugh a lot. And I hope that the Connor and I were both saying as we were leaving the theater, I hope the word of mouth does something. Because this is a fun day. I, it didn't really stick with me. This is the most I've talked about it since I've seen it. Yeah. But like, um, the yeah, more I talk about it, the more I go, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would totally. My 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 advice would be, you should totally go see it. It's super fun. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's not the kind of thing where I came out of the theater and I had to like run to the phone to call my family to tell them to go see this <laughs> yeah. movie. But if someone's like, hey, what should I do this week? I'm like, oh, go see it, man. You'll enjoy it. You know, like it's very much that. And I think, and I think that I I, I guess the box office estimates are we're saying like sixty million or whatever it is, million, which yeah. which feels about right. I mean, like sixty to eighty, I would say would be about right. I mean, although we live in a world where Minions made one hundred fifteen million in one weekend, so. I don't know. What um, which I love those minions. I love them. I don't know. 
But, um, um, well, but yeah, no. I mean, the it was thing enjoyable. is, we, we talked about when Guardians came out that that was going to be the real test of the Marvel brand, right? Can right. can they launch anything? And I, I guess we underestimated the, the just the charisma of Chris Pratt or the giant space action, but this this is the test. Yeah, this, this is the test of how what can Marvel launch. Well, well, no, it's not. It's not so much. I don't think this is the test of what can Marvel launch because I think I think that they've clearly they've done it. They've launched it. This is the test to what will Marvel accept, and what okay. will Marvel and Disney accept? Will they take a movie that opens to a sixty million dollar opening weekend and say that's okay because that's what our expectation was, or do they expect you know Iron Man, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy's performance? The- I mean, not not to talk about their business, but they, I feel like they can't they can't expect that every time. No, they can't. It's just not they realistic. Can't. No, right, but but again, not to talk about their business, but we have some familiarity with these people, right, and some you know, and sometimes they're not expectation. Normal. These yeah, people, exactly. they ain't normal. They're, these people, they're not normal. They're not normal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. Well, before before we talk about the end credit sequence, I think a good lead in is that uh, uh, various Easter eggs that were caught. Did you guys catch uh, interesting things? Like what? Um, uh, well, in the first presentation by Darren Cross about Yellow Jacket, when he's talking about the rumors of the Ant Man, he he said they're tales to astonish. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And that that, we cool. got a big that was a big laugh line in the the theater as well. Yeah, because you know nerds. Um, so so yeah. So of uh, Agent Carter. Not so much an Easter egg. Yeah. That's well, no, that's a bit of an Easter. That's egg. an Easter egg. That's, that's an Easter egg. egg. Yeah. That the tales to astonish. Um, at the very very end, when Michael Payne is telling the story. I think I know about, what you're about to say. Uh, about the uh, the friend who the, the friend who saw talked to Falcon and the reporter yeah, and right. Falcon says we're looking for somebody he's like well we got she's like we got lots of people there's a guy who yeah. climbs walls and swings and whatever and like basically describes Spider Man yep. yeah yeah, yeah. So that, was that was the the first Spider Man reference in the Marvel universe our yeah. cinematic yeah. universe so uh, that good girl time nailed that too it was hilarious that um, that whole se- I loved those sequences the flashback sequences where they're telling the story yeah. those were great uh, so the there's two credit sequences and the first one the mid credits is when uh, Hank finally acquiesces and he sh- he brings uh, his daughter Hope down to the basement where there's a wasp suit for her and he finally decides it's okay for her to to yep. become the wasp so that was great and and that um, it's nice that got some applause too like I, I felt like okay. Also, it's nice to see a woman getting like yes. she she was clearly the hero, right? She right. should have been the hero throughout the movie, and it's nice to see. I feel like people in the audience were like, "Great, this is good. This is the good direction for the story to go." Plus, yeah. you know, the Wasp and Ant Man are the last two founding Avengers from the comics that really haven't been shown in the movie, so this is sort sure. of finally rounding that out. But you're right. I mean, this is if you're talking about the first female Marvel lead, you know, why not the Wasp? Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then the other one happens at the very end, which is. I thought pretty shocking that it happened in this manner was Falcon uh, showing Cap that he had found Winter Soldier, and Winter Soldier was like tied up in a in like a broiler. Oh, I room. thought he, I thought, I thought that was like a garage, and he was working on a car. I couldn't. I, I didn't yeah, even know was who very, it was. That was I, a very murky scene. That was, that happened so quickly. I didn't know what was going on. Well, you were and distracted it, because the woman had the orgasm when Chris <laughs> Evans showed up on screen. That's totally what happened. Stage right. She was just went, oh. <laughs> It was really uncomfortable. I mean, it was, you know, intriguing. But then, but it was everyone's in the shadows, and it, I was like, I recognize the guy, and then everybody's gasped, and I'm like, why don't I recognize him enough? <laughs> and then it was over. And then, like, but I, I clearly lost some geek cred there. I was like, what the hell? But it but, was interesting that they, you know, 
the whole crux of the end of Winter Soldier was you gotta, we got to go find Bucky, and they find him, and it happens at the end of Ant Man, yeah. which was weird. But he's working at an Amco. See, <laughs> the oil changes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that that's going to kick off. Clearly, kicking off. Um, uh, uh, should we War. say anything about the bad guy? I mean. I guess he was just sort of one note. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was it was Jeff Bridges. I mean, that was you know, but he was yeah. bald. Yeah, think about it. Look at that. Corey uh, Stoll. Think is, about it a second. He he would have. I feel like he should play every role as Hemingway. But, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, if he can't do that, he's you know he's a good actor. He's fine. Um, yeah. uh, just a couple a couple other things. Uh, what, the the flop house uh, halfway house hotel that Paul Rudd and yeah. Michael Pena are staying at is called the Milgram Hotel. Uh huh. Uh, oh, that's right. Al, yeah, yeah. Al Milgram, who wrote West Coast Avengers, which right. you know, ha- you know, featured a lot of these characters. Um, wow! Uh, now that's an I, ca- I caught that. I yeah, caught so that too. You're right. Yeah. Also, it was, it's the address is 420, which is in San Francisco. Um, there was a funny scene uh, when Paul Paul Rudd is in, he's in the bathroom with the suit. He's discovering it, and it's raining outside. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and it, it doesn't rain in San Francisco anymore. <laughs> it hasn't rained here in months. I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they've been working on this film a long time. Yeah. Um, and I did like, I, and Easter egg or joke or whatever, but when Michael Pena was whistling and he's hiding as the guard, he's whistling, it's a small world. That, that made yeah. me laugh. Disney, you know, that's a, that made me laugh. And but what I thought was interesting was that the whole Paul Rudd shrinking into the subatomic level, like, is that, like, is that planting the seeds for a Micronauts movie? God, I hope not. I mean, that's Jeez, basically what the Micronauts are. I mean, that's what it, that's what it is. Is it is it anything else in the Marvel universe? No. There's nothing else that happens in the subatomic. Nope. Universe. It's that that's that is completely the microverse. Huh. huh. Yeah. Wasn't there? Didn't it happen? Didn't isn't that how they brought back the Wasp in the comics? Was she had been living in the subatomic world? Oh, and she was, was like queen of the subatomic world. Yeah, that happened in in uh, Avengers with Bendis. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, that, yeah. So maybe who knows? That's interesting. But I, I hope they bring her back. I really hope now that you've mentioned it. I hope that if they can do a sequel, it's an Ant Man Wasp team up movie. Even call seems, it yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp. You know that'd be. Yeah, really I don't. Well, I don't see Evangeline Lilly doing anything like this again unless it's something like that. You yeah. know. So yeah. that'll be fun. So that I, I we had fun. I had fun. It's, it's a very funny movie. Yes, um, yeah. much more surprisingly so. Much more of a straight comedy than anything they've done. So and I far. feel like we say that after all of these Marvel movies. Well, they're all I mean, funny, but this one I think yeah. was a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I really think it was a comedy first. Man, I just wish I wish Edgar Wright had done. I mean, imagine what Edgar Wright would have done with this. Right. You know. Oh, I get it. It could have been a t- so much worse. I mean, the, the 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 ads make it look really boring and stupid. Like it. I mean, yes, it's got a fairly simple plot line, but thanks to the casting. And just sort of the how they treated each each joke, um, it really is successful. But if you're looking for something that's sort of a big chapter break in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is certainly just sort of a nice, you know, side story, and and it yeah. works really great. I'm I'm looking for. It will be interesting to see how they fit them in into the next. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Movies. I mean, yeah. a, a guy like Scott Lang in the middle of a giant superhero battle would should be funny be amazing yeah did you watch the credits and see the see the comic uh uh thanks yes you see yeah. kirk kirkman got a thank yes, you yes i did mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting <laughs> but they acknowledged that he worked on the character so. yeah probably yeah. legally had to yeah so so that was- I, I i know nothing about scott lang so it was I've, it's always been pim for me so I think this is a great introduction to the character, and I hope uh, people look more into it. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to the Eric O'Grady movie eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, so that's Ant-Man. You can go to ifanboy.com and talk about what you thought about the film there. There'll be a post for this show there, and you can find our weekly podcast, The Pick Elite Podcast, where we talk about the week's comics. Ron and my friend Josh talk about those. Uh, and we will be back. Uh, we'll be back for the next, next DC Universe animated film in a few weeks. And then we were talking about this, Ron, as we were leaving. When is the, is the next one Captain America? Next year? Oh, jeez. Is there not, there's not a win, there's not a winter Marvel movie? Um, let's see. I don't. It must be Captain America because that that was the tease in in at the end of Ant Man, yeah, right? I mean, not, it was not te- Thor. There's, nothing is. I don't think there's. I don't think there's let's a Marvel see, movie until. Let's see. So Ant Man. So next. Oh, next is Fantastic Four. But that's oh, not a similar cinematic not, universe. No, movie. I know. I know. I'm okay. just saying right. that that's the next. You know, right. <laughs> um, uh, that's August seventh. So we'll be doing that. Oh um, God. Let's see. I have even less interest in that movie. Yeah, that, that does not that does not look very good. Um, but the next MCU movie is Captain America next year. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it must summer. be. Yeah, long way. And they did announce uh, Guardians too. Yes. Yeah, so that, yeah. that'll be interesting. Or they better call it Electric Boogaloo. That has to be the title. No, they already announced that it's Volume Two. That's lame. Yeah, I know, but you know. All right, so uh, we, like, we will be back for all of those things, uh, and until then, I'm oh. not. What? Wow, what? wow. Uh, no, I was going to say, you know, the de- so it's Fantastic Four, <laughs> then Deadpool in February, then Batman versus Superman in March, and then Captain America in May. So, yeah. Wow, busy. It's, a, it's a dead zone after Fantastic Four. And I, I also like that we're talking about May of 2016, by the way. You could just shoot me That's, now. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> you shut your mouth. All right, yeah. All right, take us home, Connor. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Mike. as well Ron do you want to do the intros or? I don't even remember okay what, what is the uh, what <laughs> is, you're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast on Marvel's Ant-Man sure is that what it is yeah alright ready three two you're listening to a special edition podcast uh, blah three <laughs> two you're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast on Marvel's Ant-Man is that the official title I don't know is it I assumed it is yeah it's, that's fine Hang on a second, let me find that. I think it's just Ant-Man, but... uh... All right, so I'll just do it again. Three, two... You're listening to an... Three, two...